Hey y'all, spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange... The bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. I like starting the podcast occasionally with weird things that I hear Kat say. Yeah. Uh, last night, <laughs> I was working on the laptop and uh, I just hear Kat go, I am so proud of Vanilla Ice. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> He's done so well for himself after a difficult time. He was 16 when Ice Ice Baby hit. I didn't realize he was that young. 16. He was a little tiny baby person. And everyone just expected him to be cool and handle everything, you know, because he's ice. Uh, But... (laughs) You know, gosh, what what would you expect? I would freak out if I was Vanilla Ice at sixteen. At sixteen, and all of a sudden you're in the Ninja Turtle movie. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I just really appreciate Vanilla Ice and how he's kind of recreated himself, and he's got his, you know, he's figured out who he is as an adult as not vanilla ice and i i just i really appreciate that well i love the fact that he credits uh the insane clown posse as being there for him during a difficult time yeah it's i love that because you can you know i'm not an icp person by any means but i love the idea that it's a community of people yeah. that uh family, that he i hear uh vibed with yeah. and that's that's all it takes is just cool. feeling like you're a part of something. And yeah. I, I don't know. I love it. Anyway, uh, let's get to the podcast, shall we? Speaking of uh, not the podcast, but things that we're <laughs> communities of, yeah. I have just made a terrible mistake this morning and downloaded TikTok. Yeah. And I don't think I'll ever leave the couch again. Probably not. Um, I but, held off. But I think you've got a great idea, though. A Willie and Banjo TikTok channel. <laughs> so be looking for that. We'll let you know. All right. Is it podcast time? Sure, I guess. You go first. All right. So Old Orchard Beach, Maine. 
It is a lovely place at which you will find Palace Playland, which is a seasonal amusement park, and it is Maine's oldest amusement park. How old is it? Well, one site said it's operated in the same site since 1902. Another said it was built in 1910. And another said it was built in 1942. Um, So I'm guessing there were some starts and stops, and Mm. that's why there's a discrepancy in when it was officially built. Um, It was partially destroyed by fire in 1948, and that started on the old mill ride and spread to the wooden roller coaster at the site. Other surrounding rides and buildings were damaged, as well as a few summer cottages, game stands, bathhouses. It was a huge loss, and it was rebuilt after that fire in 1948. Uh, And then there was another fire in the 1970s, and it was rebuilt again. You cannot keep Palace Playland in Old Orchard Beach down. Apparently not. I'm just saying. But as far as Maine goes, that is our oldest amusement park. So I got to thinking, well, if that's Maine's oldest amusement park, what are some other old amusement parks? By the way, Riverside Amusement Park was in Hamden, Maine. Yeah. Uh, But that only ran for about 16 years. And that's where you did some metal detecting. Yeah. It's a completely overgrown, wooded, uh, well, I was going to say lot. I guess technically it is, but it's huge. It's like, I don't know, like 40 acres or something. And, and, um, it's uh, nobody could tell me for sure where it was, mm. so I I actually went to the library and got old maps and 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 um, tax maps and real estate documents and found out where it was and it's just it's it's behind a, a retirement home now and I went down with my metal detector and that's where I found a box of dildos. That's right. Um, it's interesting because they brought people in on the river, right? Yeah. Um, and also there was a trolley. Yeah. Uh, that brought people out to the amusement it park. Was, it was built by the trolley company. It, it was a huge draw and there's nothing left of it except for I think like a lamp post in the middle of the woods, which is kind of weird. I did find some old electric lights on trees and things in the lot. And then there's also, I found what I think is the remnants of the alligator pool. They had alligators there. Oh, that's right. Okay. So anyway, that uh, obviously would have been started sooner than Palace Playland, but it only lasted for about 16 years. World War One. After World War One, it went out of business. But at its height... It would attract as many as uh, seventeen to 20,000 people. And this was a time when Bangor, Maine, which was where it was on the outskirts of, the population was maybe 12,000. Right. It's kind of nuts. It's crazy. Anyway, so those are some old amusement parks in Maine. But what's the oldest amusement park in the United States? Well, it's not too far from us. It's Lake Compounds. And that's located in Bristol and Southington, Southington. How do you say that? Southington. Southington. That's located in Bristol, Connecticut. It spans 332 acres, which includes a beach and a water park, which is called Crocodile Cove. So we had alligators. They had crocodiles. (laughs) 
but I don't think they really had crocodiles. Anyway, the lake's name is derived from Chief John Compound, who was a Matatuck Native American. And in the 1600s, his tribe signed a deed that left Compound's Lake to a group of white settlers, including John Norton, who had just migrated to central Connecticut from Massachusetts. So there was a trade for a certain amount of money and a few miscellaneous items, including a large brass tea kettle. Hmm. Now, there's a local myth that says that Chief Compound ended up drowning while trying to cross the lake in that brass tea kettle. Um, I don't know how that would have... Tiny little man. ...happened, Hmm. but anyway. So it's October 6th. 1846, and Samuel Botsford is a Bristol scientist, and he persuaded the owner at the time of the property, Gad Norton, to let him conduct a series of experiments in electricity. Of course, this is a very exciting time for electricity, and it was well publicized that they were going to be holding this event at this space. So a few thousand spectators came to the demonstration. It was a gorgeous spot. They all happened to note that uh, they're seeing this really cool thing, but it's also like on this lake, and there's the woods nearby, and uh, blowing up uh, two huge jugs of gunpowder tied under a raft in the middle of the lake was really neat (laughs) i'd go see that (laughs) today i would go see that (laughs) the experiment itself was kind of a failure but it did inspire mr norton to take action he decided that he would set up a path around the lake and uh create a draw so there were picnic tables and he invited uh public swimming and rowing on the lake he built a gazebo for outside uh band shows and officially opened it to the public as a picnic park. Barbecue became a big summer tradition there at the picnic park. And in 1848, a hand-powered revolving swing and Connecticut's first 10-pin bowling alley were added to the park. I wonder if that was a common thing with early amusement parks, bowling alleys. I know that uh, at Riverside Park, the one we were just talking about, that was one of the draws. Bowling alley and those newfangled motion pictures. The <laughs> well, moving pictures. It makes perfect sense. This comes from the Lake Compounds website. The casino was the first permanent building on the property, and that was built in 1895 with a restaurant downstairs and a ballroom upstairs. Ooh. A full course dinner was available, and that would cost you 50 cents. <laughs> Public transportation began that year uh, as the Bristol and Plainville Tramway Company, and later, Trolley started bringing people to the, the picnic park. 1911 was a big year, as that was the year they purchased a carousel for $10,000. Holy shit! And opened it to the public. That, what was the year again? 1911. 1911. Okay, I'm going to get my inflation Oh, you're going to look that out. up? Good. Yeah. $10,000 in 1911, according to Morgan Stanley, um, is worth uh, just under $300,000 wow. in today's money. So that was a huge investment. But apparently they were doing pretty well because three years later, they brought in the Green Dragon, the first electric-powered roller coaster, and that was open to the public. Wow. That roller coaster was eventually replaced by the Wildcat, which was a wooden 
Classic built in 1927 by the Philadelphia Toboggan Company. Hmm. The Wildcat is still in operation. Oh, that is fabulous and terrifying. (laughs) Um, And it's no wonder. uh, It is the 14th oldest wooden roller coaster in the world, according to Wikipedia. I remember as a kid, I used to visit relatives in um, Massachusetts, and they used to go to Lincoln Park, which was uh, an amusement park in Dartmouth, I think. And their old wooden roller coaster was called the Cyclone. And I remember riding it a couple of times when I was a kid in the, uh, in the 70s. And not long ago, I thought, I wonder if that's still operating. Well, no, Lincoln Park closed shortly after the last time I was there because the roller coaster jackknifed off the tracks and for years after the show after it was abandoned that uh, roller coaster car was still hanging from the uh from the track oh my goodness there are pictures online because i'm a freak and love old abandoned amusement parks moving right along to the oldest amusement park in the world so we started in maine we moved to the states and now we're going to the world dear hovesbachen which translates to the Deer Pastures Hill, which I love, uh, is commonly referred to as Bakken. And that is located in Klampenborg, which is north of Copenhagen in Denmark. It opened in Prepare Your Shit. (laughs) My shit is officially and properly stowed for takeoff, Captain. 1583. Shut up. I will not. What kind of amusements did they have in 1583? Oh, here's some food without sewage in it. (laughs) I mean, that's exciting. That's amusing. It's exciting shit. So the origins of the Dierhovesbachen can be traced back to 1583 when Kirsten Peel discovered a natural spring in what is now known as Dierhoven. Residents of Copenhagen were attracted to the spring water due to the poor water quality in central Copenhagen. I mean, so you're not wrong. Hmm. Poor water quality in the city. So they went out to the spring. Okay. Okay. I mean, legit. Uh, Many believe that the natural spring to have uh, curative properties. And therefore, the discovery drew large crowds, especially in the springtime. Those large crowds attracted entertainers and hawkers. um, So they were vendors Uh. eventually. And that is the origin of that amusement park. Now it has over 150 attractions, including a roller coaster, a wooden roller coaster that was built in 1932. So there was a period of time where the park couldn't be used because I guess the land was used for royal hunting or something. But um, then it was reopened, available to the public once again, and it began to flourish. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's the spring that we go to because Mm. it's not filled with feces. Mm -hmm. We're into it. So then there were clowns and it became a very popular place. See. You add clowns in, and then, in my mind, my choice is having to deal with clowns or getting dysentery. (laughs) And it's kind of a toss-up for me. So over the years, of course, the uh, attractions uh, changed and grew, uh, but now it is a full-on amusement park. As I said, 150 attractions and uh, lots of foods and beverages not contaminated with feces that's wonderful to hear yeah 
I think we should go. Uh, well, uh, obviously. That's incredible. So it's it's been, except for a brief period when they closed it for royal hunting. That's right. Um, it's been a continually operating mm, amusement-like park. Well, it is uh, seasonal. It's open from March to August. Well, it's in Denmark. Right. So, Of course, everything's seasonal. That's like, uh, it's like ours, you mm-hmm. know. Sure. Old Orchard Beach is not open all year. No. Well, I mean, the, the town is, but yeah. sort of. Yeah, but not but not really, <laughs> <laughs> but sort of. But we get it, Denmark. Yeah, we're on the same page with you. But I would like to go, and I'm. I think that it should be part of a, an amusement park tour that we do. Maybe I'm, we could do like live shows. I would love that in old bowling alleys. <laughs> <laughs> we're not far from that now, actually. <laughs> Appearing live at an old bowling alley. It sounded cooler in my head. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's old amusement parks. That's fascinating. I'm sorry, let me edit that. It, those are the oldest amusement parks. That's, now I want to get my metal detector back out and head on down to Hamden, Maine again and uh, try to find some more stuff at Riverside, what was Riverside Park, that are not used adult toys. While you're there, can you uh, can you scootle on over to Pizza Gourmet and get us one of those Big Mac pizzas? Yeah, sure. Happy to do that. And now, that thing in the middle. Thomas Hughes was a British soldier during World War I. In 1914, he was on a transport ship in the English Channel on the way to France. While on the ship, he took a few moments to write a letter to his wife. He then put it in a bottle, corked the top, and tossed it into the English Channel. Just days later, Thomas died in battle. Well, the bottle bobbed about in the English Channel, and 85 years later, the bottle was found in the River Thames. After some detective work, the letter was finally delivered to his 86-year-old daughter. The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you interested in the parts of history that remain a mystery? Do you want to learn more about the historical myths and misconceptions used to prop up false belief today? I'm Nathaniel Lloyd. In my podcast, Historical Blindness, I delve into all of these topics, sharing puzzling tales from the past and examining hoaxes, conspiracy theories, and misremembered events that provide insight into modern politics and religion. Find out what's real and what's not when it comes to famous conspiracy theories, like those surrounding notorious assassinations and secret societies. 
discover the weak and deceptive underpinnings of modern political ideologies and religious beliefs. Join me as I attempt to shed some light on our historical blind spots. New episodes every two weeks. Find historical blindness on most podcast players and platforms. Hello everyone, Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. This is the Box of Oddities. I said box. Eric sent us a message. Uh, He said, I have another case of the box of oddities effect. This has been happening more and more where weird coincidences take place surrounding topics that we have done or just uh, the podcast in general. Mm. Eric says, it's weird that you chose this particular true crime story. I'm guessing this was the episode before last where you did the... uh, DNA testing one. I just picked the episode of some true crime show on ID that discusses the same case and watched it yesterday. Whoa. I only picked that particular show because I was scrolling through and saw this happen in Spring Hill, Tennessee, and I live about 30 minutes from there. I love true crime and everything y'all do. Yeah, amazing freaks. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate that. And see, not everybody hates your true crime stories. <laughs> That's, that is reassuring. Thank you. You know how when you're lying in bed at night and you're trying to drift off and your mind keeps saying, no, you need to think about all these weird things. Yes. Well, <laughs> Remember that goofy thing that you said that time in third grade and everyone looked at you weird? Consider that for the next 45 minutes. And then it just leads to another thing and another thing and it goes down this rabbit hole. <laughs> and that's what happened to me the other night. And I was thinking, I ended up thinking about a funeral that I went to when I was much younger. It was a, a great uncle. And he was a, uh, a big Red Sox fan. And so somebody actually came to the funeral with the Red Sox logo painted on their face and shirtless like they were super fan kind oh, of, geez. you know, in honor of his love for the Red Sox. Sure. And I thought that's amusing. It was amusing at the time, but uh, pretty inappropriate. I mean, you could have just worn a suit with a with like a little Boston pin. That would have been appropriate. A lot more tasteful. <laughs> So these are inappropriate things that people have experienced at funerals. Okay. (laughs) It comes from Reddit. It's a list that was compiled on Ranker. Altrek15 said, My friend's ex-girlfriend made her own prayer cards of a picture of him and her instead of the ones that his mom made of just him. She threw them out and made one with him and her and then passed them around. She also stood in front of the coffin and took selfies with the body. Oh my. That's um well everyone grieves in different ways. Right. And then she went over to his dad at the funeral and asked for his sperm. What? Wait, his dad's sperm? That's how I read it. Yes. Asked his dad for his sperm. That's some confusing language there, uh, so yeah. I'm not sure. Either way, it's if weird. He had his son's sperm. Or if she wanted 
his dad's his dad's sperm. sperm. Yeah, that's how I read it. But you're right; it could go either way. Mm, it's a toughie. Oh, either way, totally weird. Killing Crushes wrote, a guy at my dad's church died a few months ago, and uh, the whole funeral was a mess. The guy was married. He had two kids Mm. under the age of 10 with his current wife, but he had two teenage daughters with his ex-wife. The ex-wife showed up at the funeral, kept harassing the wife and young kids, tried to at one point steal the body. What? (laughs) No. She followed the funeral procession to the graveyard And uh, she was in such a hurry to get to the graveyard first, to be the first one there, that she passed the uh, the hearse and the long line of cars, and she flipped her car over. Well, um, everyone grieves in different ways. (laughs) (laughs) She was okay, but then she got pissed when nobody went to help her, and they just kept on going. Well, they were kind of in the middle of something, ma'am. It was a whole mess. Wow. According to Killing Crushes. It sounds a little bit like someone wants to make everything about her. Another Redditor said that at his grandma's funeral, the guy that she was dating at the time hit up her mom for a hundred bucks. Oh. While she was burying her mother. Oh, man. Kind of people even, I mean, come on, right? I mean, at least wait until after. Yeah, no, you want to go to the reception reception when everyone's had a few drinks. And then you hit them up for cash. Exactly. Jay Doug writes, my aunt and cousin were very busy dividing up my grandfather's possessions while he was being lowered into the uh, ground. These are quotes. But mom, who gets grandpa's big screen TV? God damn it, Jeremy. He's not even in the ground yet. Shut the hell up. (laughs) People are evil. It's true. And that's why it's very important to make sure that everything is laid out before you pass. You may be young and healthy, and that's perfect and wonderful. And you may not have to worry about this for years. But Mm. if something were to happen, it's not you that's going to be worrying about it. It's your family. That's true. It's very important to make sure that your family is clear about what you would like to have happen after you pass so that it saves everyone some trouble and graveyard squabbling. Graveyard squabbling is never fun. I just read just today, coincidentally, about Prince. When Prince passed away, he had no will. And 700 people. How? How does Prince not, how is it that I have a will and Prince does not have a will? I do not know. Oh, had they not just made one for Squiggly, Mark? Maybe it was just, Is it because it was the name of Prince and not Squiggle Squiggle? Maybe. I'm not sure. I I really don't know. He had no will when he passed away. And 700 people came forward and said that they were long lost relatives. I'm sure. Or had some sort of connection to his finances. Unreal. Unreal, indeed. We had, I mean, as you know, when my father was getting older and things were not looking awesome for the future, uh, we had a very, I wouldn't say heated discussion, but it did get serious. Mm-hmm. And and Katrina got uh, very raised eyebrows as she was discussing the the fate of my guns. They belonged to my mother's grandfather, and he left them to my dad when he died. Right. And so when my dad was not well, and the discussion of where the gun should go then, obviously it was to me, right? It's your family. But my dad's current wife thought that they should go to her kids. 
Uh, that ain't right. And so uh, we had this discussion, and it was like, no, it's already been decided. They're going to my kids, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense because they're not even related to the guy that they came from in the first place. Is This is, you know, yeah. this is our family stuff. It's kind of, I'm not worried about the rest of the stuff, but let's let's be reasonable. And she wouldn't agree to put that in the will. So uh, before my dad died, he made a clandestine trip down to Bangladesh with the guns yeah, and, and just brought them to yeah. my apartment and was like, all right, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and they're currently in our gun safe. Yeah. One one is like an old pirate blunderbuss. Yeah, it's a, I think, French pirate gun, yeah, something and, like that. And then you have two um, what look like ramrod type yeah, Civil, War, and... Civil War or muskets, yep. which are pretty cool. They're very cool. From my mom's side of the family. Uh-huh. Dragon Lord Supreme said when he was 12 years old, he went to uh, the funeral of a teacher and his 12-year-old friend was with him. When everybody was quiet, they were saying a prayer for him. His friend yelled out at the top of his lungs, penis! <laughs> we used to play the penis game. Yeah. Not at funerals. Yeah. Well, but. Uh, there you go. All right. Yeah. He, he was escorted. Out of, sure. the, of the funeral. Sure. But but I want somebody to yell penis at my funeral. <laughs> Will you make sure that happens? Um, well, you were, uh, we weren't together yet, but we knew each other when my grandmother died. And I was at the funeral. <laughs> and my ringtone at the time was a perfect circles counting bodies like sheep. <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Oh, well. But, you know, what are you going to do? Howdy Ho uh, said his uncle, who was really his paternal aunt's boyfriend, wasn't a very religious guy and asked for a humanist-type service before cremation. Well, the humanist guy that showed up to perform the ceremony, he was 40 minutes late. Uh, he admitted that he had forgotten his notes. Uh, he got the deceased's name wrong multiple times. Oh, no. The family started to squabble. The whole thing was unsalvageable. Finally, the guy turns to the cough and said, well, and then he laughed and said, at least he won't mind because he's dead. At this point, <laughs> the brother of the deceased uh, got tired of the whole thing and just yelled, push the fucking button and burn him for Christ's sake. Jesus. Oh, that's got to be the end of a day where uh, you would enjoy a beverage. Yeah, or two. Mm. Fwang wrote, While we stood in the cemetery where a dear loved relative was being laid to rest, my mother spotted the senile, obviously 95-year-old brother of the uh, deceased and said, There's no point in him going home. <laughs> oh, rude. Whoa. Okay, that's funny, but in a propes. I mean, if it was like whispered under the breath, then fine. Ooh, 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 yeah, writes, uh, my grandma's funeral was a Polish funeral, so we got wasted during the wake. My two aunts never got along, and my bitchy aunt who lived with grandma was in one of her special moods that day. After uh, heavy drinking and some arguing, my aunt yelled to my other aunt, now that grandma's dead, you can use that dildo I put in your birthday cake. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Yeah, call me old-fashioned, but I think that talk about sex toys at a funeral 
keep that outside of the uh, viewing area. Especially if that has something to do with the demise. Mm, truth. Brutton Gaster123 said, My grandmother died this past May, and my cousins were pallbearers at the funeral. And we were all joking around and laughing about memories of grandma. As we were walking behind the hearse on the way to the burial site, it was silent. We got to the site, and the six of us unloaded the casket and began walking to the site with the casket when my cousin loudly says, Dude, I have to take a runny dump. What, is, what does that mean, even? <laughs> and that led to all six of the pallbearers to start laughing, and they almost <laughs> dropped Grandma. No! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I have to take a runny dump. Those are some really awkward moments, but, you know, I, I almost want to use my funeral as a performance art piece. Yeah, you've mentioned that a few times. And yeah, we've talked about how, you know, I want a, my body to be fired out of a cannon into an open grave. We've talked about that, yeah. you know, figuring the trajectories and, you know, I have people in my family that are very good at that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. No, you've got mathematicians. Yeah, and engineers. In and, yeah, that sure. will uh, join me in absolutely not doing that. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking of maybe having a set up like a fake mourner who just does something really outrageous just, oh. just to get a good laugh you on think, my way out. Like an Andy Kaufman style yeah, right, thing. Yeah. Where... Kind of blending reality with fiction. So you want to... What's it called? Stock the audience? Stack the audience? What's it called when you plant people in the audience? Uh, planting people in the audience. Oh, I think there's a different term for it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. So you want to plant someone in the audience yeah. just to mess with the people who love you right. and yeah. are mourning their Maybe, loss. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll do something like I'll have some guy play the part of a funeral home dude mm -hmm. and just have him come in and try to repossess the body for lack of payment. That'd be hilarious. Right. Yeah. Um, Promise me you'll do that. Nope. You're not a very good wife. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're the best wife anybody could Shush, have. Shush. Don't be gross. We should probably wrap this up because I have to, I have to make some, I have to amend my will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've got a lot of uh, important yeah. documents to sign. Sure. And yeah. actors to hire. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. But please uh, don't forget that uh, you can find all of the details about our merch, including our new Order of the Freaks design on our website. That's also where you can get details about the social media and you can find about how to support the Box of Oddities via our premium content. There's also a, uh, a section on live shows, but it's really boring to read right now yeah. because we don't have any. It's just a cricket. But hopefully soon we'll be filling that back out again. Um, we were talking about this the other day when we might get back out on the road. And, and in all reality, it's probably not going to be until late spring next year, maybe summer. I don't know. It's really hard to say. It is hard to say. Stop saying things when it's hard to say. We've also had a couple of emails. People wanting to know if the Freak Cruise is still on. Yes, but not right that's, away. That's going to be a ways. That's yeah. going to be a ways as well. But we, we do plan on doing it. And um, we'll let you know, of course. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you. 
to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.